podcast is brought to you by Barky's RV Rental. They will bring the camper to your pre-selected campsite. They'll set it all up, show you how everything works, and then they'll come and pick it up when your camper is done. All you have to bring is your family and the fun. www.barkyrvrental.com Let the camping begin. Hey, hello, hello, welcome to Wake Up to the Word. Glad you're here. It is Old Testament Thursday. We are coming to you deep from the bowels of the Barksdale Communication Complex with our new theme song. Thank you for all your comments on the new theme song. Thank you for uh, commenting on some of the episodes. Uh, Judy, Bob, Cindy... Uh, just appreciate it so much. We're glad that you are here. We are uh, continuing in our Old Testament studies. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, we got another country. We're up to 11 countries. Welcome, New Zealand, to the Wake Up to the Word family. We're so glad you're here. Woohoo! Glad you're here. Great to have you with us. And uh, we are uh, moving forward uh, as we uh, we're bumping up in our impressions uh, a little closer to uh, 3,000 a month. We're at 27, 2,800. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, so just invite you to keep sharing it. Uh, tell people about it. Share a link with it. I put the links out on Facebook and uh, and uh, Truth Social and Instagram and uh, share the link. I pr I'd appreciate it. Let me get this out of my face here so you uh, can see my face. Well, this would be a good place to put. You know, uh, my show might be better with that in the way of my face. So they. <laughs> no, you don't think so? All right. So I wasn't that funny, I guess. <clears throat> so um, our reading for today in our daily bible reading we were in we're in psalms now because uh david has passed away and uh these are the books of psalms and uh so we're gonna do 10 of them because we should have started last week with one and two and so we're gonna kind of walk through catch up on our reading since uh, two weeks in a row i bumped forward <laughs> from uh, the week before so this is the hopefully the last week we bump forward and uh we have um we're gonna read. Uh, well, I'm not gonna read them, but we're gonna we're gonna pull things from Psalms one through ten. Great stuff here. But before we get started, let me pray, and then we'll get into the Word of God. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. We for your Word for uh, how it is brought to us, particularly these Psalms that they are a book of poetry, uh, but they have such great truths, such great reminders, and uh, they just are revealing in their truth and that we can uh hold to it and not not uh not be swayed by those who would try to deceive us in jesus name amen uh, let's get ready to 
I don't have the uh, I don't have a uh, my cartoon feed anymore, so I may have to record that. So I uh, what like, would you do with a brain if you had one? Yeah, like that one. I, I recorded that one, so maybe I'll try to hook my old sound back up and grab that little cartoon feet because uh i don't i can't seem to find it so loser yeah sometimes that's how it goes all right so uh we're in the psalms and uh i have this uh piece of paper here i am gonna put this onto jeff's stack of stuff so it's gonna be in jeff's stack of stuff and uh show it to you here and you can find it i'm trying to get it without a reflection uh it is a breakdown of the book of psalms and i think you'll enjoy it it's pretty cool uh, these these psalms are broken into five different essentially books they were books that were put together into make one book and uh this uh just to give you the lay of the land uh the first two books are kind of an introduction. It doesn't say who wrote them. It, it could quite possibly be David, but it doesn't. It's not identified as David. Uh, but it, they're more of an introduction to this first book. The first book is actually goes from three all the way to forty-one, and uh, this is uh, kind of a uh, about humanity. It's all about humanity, but it, it's uh, it's it's a foundational about of, of the covenant of faithfulness and so uh that that part's not in the little chart but it says humanity and and but it's uh uh that's that's the theme of this of this portion these books that were put together this first book of of books <laughs> if you will and uh so we're gonna be in there for a little while because we're, we're going through we're picking up all the rest of the psalms so we're gonna be here for a f for a few months, I think. Let's see what we got. We're all the way through February, uh, into March, and yes, I think we go. We finish up. We finish up in April. So uh, all our Old Testament reading for the next two months and a little bit of of the third month is going to be in the Book of Psalms. So uh, we're just gonna we're gonna pick them all up. We're gonna catch all the ones we haven't gotten so far. We're going to read them all. So uh, if you see us skipping one, um, that means we had read it previously. And sometimes I miss some of those, so there might be, we might duplicate, but that's okay. Uh, it's not a big deal. Um, I'm trying to look at, see if there's a spot where I did, where it's obvious that I duplicated. Yeah, 95 and 97, Psalm 96 we had done already. So and that's not till next month. So but um <clears throat> yeah somebody's texting me you heard the noise um so the uh the the next breakdown the first one's the 1 through 41 is about humanity the next next book of books book 2 uh has 31 psalms in it and uh it's they're about deliverance 42 to 72 and um a lot of talk re, re, um th these are connected into uh, the Torah, and so Genesis would be the humanity, book one, book two would be Exodus, book three, Leviticus, this is very liturgical, it's, it's like sanctuary, that's Psalm 73 through 89, and I know I'm going through this really fast, that's why I'm going to put this up on Jeff's stack of stuff, so you can read the chart for yourself, but um, 
book four is uh, Psalm 90 through 106. That's the reign of God. That's kind of the book of numbers. And the book five is uh, has 44 Psalms in it. That's the biggest one. And that's 107 to 150. That's the word of God. That's Deuteron- kind of Deuteron- Deuteronomy. <laughs> Deuteronomy. There you go. Yes, my lips would move better. The uh, in the content of those book one content is very personal. Uh, Book two is content is devotional. Book three it's liturgical and historical, and book four is just very general. And book five is uh, very prophetic and but also about nature. It's natural. So uh, there's lots of great stuff in there, and uh, just some little notes that go through kind of help you out um and uh we have a uh i had another website that i went to that was really good i might uh i might give you the link to that i don't um we might give you a link to that this is also the book of psalms it it gives some some pretty good insights to it it's uh who's this bible project it's a bible project website on the book of psalms uh, good stuff, good overviews on all those sections, kind of gives you the a great breakdown of them. And uh, I'm going to cough. <coughs> there you go. Um, so uh, the uh, uh, I'll give you a link to that. It's got a couple of videos on it, and it it's, it's, uh, kind of goes through the whole thing. And so we're not obviously going through the whole thing today. We're just going to do some some of the beginning chapters. So in the first uh, couple of chapters, um, this is uh, kind of almost the introduction to the Psalms. Uh, And it starts off like this. Blessed is the man. Who's the man? The man who walks not in the counsel of wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers, but his delight is in the Lord. The man whose delight is in the the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So this is this is the this is the format that we have. This is the introduction that you know, getting into the Word of God, getting into the teachings, it's Torah is the Hebrew word, and that's teachings. It's called the they call it the law here, um, but that's important part of our daily walk. And this is where I see again and again and again people um, they they don't want to get into the word. They, what they do is they look for the loopholes. Where are the loopholes that I can uh, do what I want and still call myself a Christian? That's not getting into the Word. You, you get into the Word. It's called the canon for a reason. It's called the canon because that's a measuring rod, a, a rod or a reed for measuring. We, me- we take the Word of God and we measure what we're doing, our life, our standards, our, our, how, we are, how we are, and, and how, what does our life look like. That's what it's supposed to be doing. That's the measurement we have. And so when we look at the Word of God and we, we look in the mirror, uh, do we need to make adjustments? Do we need to make changes? So uh, uh, getting into two, there's kind of a messianic uh, pointing down at the bottom. That's why this is potentially uh, written by David, even though it doesn't say it. He very well, he's written the whole next bunch of them. So it's possible he wrote these as an introduction and then put his name 
on the rest. So uh, chapter 2, verse 7, Psalm 2, verse 7, I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And this, he says that again later, so that's why I think this is David, even though it's not referenced to be. Uh, Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, the end of the earth your possession. And uh, you shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, he's not talking about David here. He, he's, he's talking about Jesus Christ. Uh, verse 12 says, Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Clearly, he's not talking about David. The author is writing there talking about kiss the son. And so this is a reference to the son of God in the Old Testament uh, when this first book of Psalms is written. And so... Uh, these are the connecting points that we have to look for when we get an understanding of the continuity from Old Testament to New Testament, the continuity of God's message and the centerpiece for salvation, the centerpiece that mankind is wrapped around, and that's the Son, Jesus Christ. And so without reading the Bible, with uh, reading the Bible looking for loopholes, uh, to try to find the mistakes or find the contradiction or find the places where I can prove that it's not real. You're going to work hard to do that it, rather than just letting it speak to you and, sh and revealing itself to be what it is. And so I see multiple people like this on whether it's uh, social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, they all want to find the loopholes. They all want to find the places where they can point and say, oh, see, see, it's not that, so I can do what I want. Let me tell you, the Psalms talk about these people. We'll get to that in a minute. So the starting at Psalm 3, it says right away, you can see why, why we, it's a Psalm of David. Uh, and it even tells you what, what's going on. When he fled from Absalom, his son, so, O oh Lord, how many are my foes? So you're going to see this kind of theme going on here as David is fleeing and, and trying not to engage his son Absalom. He does not want the conflict. And uh, there's also a great lesson in being an enabler. And it seems David was not only a kind of a distant parent, uh, he was an enabler of his children, and that, that instills bad behavior. Um, uh, you can see that not just in uh, the relationship between a father and son, this is in this case a king, but the relationship with uh, government and their people. And uh, not talking politically, talking relationally. When there are no consequences for bad actions, bad actions will continue to escalate. And that's called enabling. And so it doesn't matter where you put it on a micro scale or a macro scale. That is the outcome. Bad behavior needs to be addressed. There needs to be, to call it what it is, warn, then consequences. If the warning is not heeded. That's just the formula. And, and uh, it doesn't matter what the, what the setting is. That's the formula. If you do not want bad behavior, you have to call out bad behavior, identify what is bad behavior, uh, 
warn people if they do bad behavior, then consequences if they continue to do bad behavior. Then the bad behavior will stop. If it doesn't, the consequences escalate. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's just not done. So uh, I digress. Okay, let me let me continue to move on. Um, uh, we come, come all the way down. Uh, I'll do the. I'll come to the end of chapter three. Arise, O Lord, save me. This is verse seven. Uh, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. So we've talked about this before. Salvation can mean multiple things. Uh, depending on the context, it can mean that spiritual, eternal salvation, or it can mean circumstantial, situational, emotional salvation. You're, you're saved from feeling bad. You're saved from being down. You're saved from peril. Uh, it can mean any of those things. In this particular case, because of the context, when he fled from Absalom, he's looking for that salvation from both the emotional conflict and the physical conflict. Um, it not doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that salvation belongs to the Lord isn't a true statement for spiritual eternal salvation. It absolutely is, but this is uh, more in line with the context of what we're talking about here. So now David's writing in chapter 4 to this choir master with the stringed instruments, Psalm of David. This is how big the temple choir was, or in David's case, the tabernacle's choir was. There was a choir master just for the stringed instruments, okay? They had their own choir master for the stringed instruments. So uh, I got a little a little sore here. Um, so uh, uh, this, this is a massive amount of uh, instrument, uh, musicians, and vocalists, uh, singers. There's just so many. There's like 4,000, 5,000 of these, these, these this, this massive choir and orchestra just for singing the praises of God. And so, not that that just, I should, maybe shouldn't put it just, but focused on praise, singing the praises of God. So there'd always be music all the time within the temple, within the tabernacle. Uh, getting into chapter 4, 4th uh, 2, O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies. Then we get the Selah. And I don't know what that means, but it's a musical term. So, uh, how long will you love vain words and seek after lies? How often can we look at somebody in today's world and, and say that? They, they, they speak vain words and they actually seek after lies. How can, how can I lie about that? What's the best lie I can tell? Um, it's unbelievable. Uh, we'll go to five. Um, another psalm of David to the choir master for the flutes, the flautists, if you will. Uh, Give an ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning. This just shows us that as David is struggling, he is continuing to cry out to God. Uh, 
just because he doesn't answer you right away. David didn't get answered right away. He didn't get rescued from Absalom right away. This took a long time. He was in because, and I'll tell you why, um, my, my opinion, this is Jeff's opinion. So uh, whether you want it, like it, don't care for it, the, the situation between Absalom and David was mostly of David's making because of how he raised his son. And so, yes, Absalom has some ownership of it. Absolutely, he's a grown man, so he has some ownership of it. Uh, but David was fully participatory in how he raised Absalom or lack of his raising Absalom. So why didn't God rescue him right away? Why doesn't God rescue us right away? Because there's consequences for our actions, attitudes, and lack of actions, and lack of attitudes. If we do not have a consequence, if there is not punishment for bad behavior, if there is not discipline for bad behavior, bad behavior will continue. So look at your circumstances. Why isn't God rescuing you? How did you get into your circumstances? Is it your fault? 90%? it 80%? 20%? 10%? 100%? Did you get there because of you? Or is this totally not connected to you? It's just the circumstances. And sometimes that happens. There's no doubt about it. There's sometimes that happens. But let me tell you, from experience, from the JIV, the Jeff International version, most of my issues, most of my struggles are because of my own actions, my own words, my own behaviors, my own lack of action. And when you cry out to God to help me with it, you have to look and own what you, can, what you need to own. Make right what you can make right. Confess what you can confess. Repent from what you can repent and go continue to go to the Lord each time. That's when I believe, and that's experientially when I've seen God has moved. When we learn the lesson, thus endeth the lesson. I should get that one, huh? I should get record that one. Thus endeth the lesson. Um, six, another Psalm of David. To the choir master with stringed instruments. Back to this guy again. Um, I only have one noted in, in chapter 6. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? Yeah, when it's over, it's over. That's all there is to it. You got this life to connect to God, to repent, to turn to Him, for salvation to come to your heart. You got this life to do that. And that's it. You don't have another one. So, uh... Get into the Word, get into fellowship, uh, get into uh, a life group, uh, get into a small group of whatever your church has, uh, get into discipleship, whatever offered, get out to Bible study, whatever you call it, get into the Word, get into fellowship, and start walking with those who've gone, who are ahead of you in the journey. That's going to help you out a great deal. Uh, seven. I got a few things underlined in seven. This is uh, 
a Shigeon of David. And uh, the note on Shigeon is, uh, it's not Irish. It is, uh, they don't know, it's a musical term. That's all I got out of it. It's a Shigeon. It's a type of music, and it's within the Hebrew culture, um, ancient Hebrew culture. So my, I can put my ancient Hebrew eyes on, but uh, the scholars couldn't seem to identify it. So I don't think I'm going to get anywhere today. Um, which which he sang, which David sang to the Lord concerning the words of Cush, a Benjamite. So. Uh, it just starts off, O oh Lord my God, in you do I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me. So it's, again, he's in that mode. <clears throat> I underline some things later on, chapter 7, verse 14. Behold, the wicked man conceives evil and is pregnant with mischief and gives birth to lies. That's when you see these people, you identify these people, they are conceived, they're, con they con they're conceived, <laughs> a wicked man conceives evil. That means he's the one that brings it about, and he's pregnant with mischief. That, that means it's, it's always welling up, it's always growing within him, and he gives birth to lies. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there's more there, it says he makes a pit, digging it out, he falls into... He falls into the hole that he has made. His mischief returns upon his own head. And on his own skull, his violence descends. I will give to the Lord, 17, last verse in chapter 7. I will give to the Lord the thanks due his righteousness. And I will sing praises to his name, to the name of the Lord, the Most High. <clears throat> Remember that, Most High. That is an important distinction and that's important coming up right here, even in this next psalm that we come to. Eight. Uh, o Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is uh, David uh, to the choir master, according to the Gittith. The Gittith. I don't The Gittith is another musical term. Uh, o Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. And so as we move down, we'll come to uh, three, uh, 3 through 5. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. All right, I'm going to back up to five. You have made him a little lower <clears throat> than the heavenly beings you may have heard that verse before but it didn't say heavenly beings it said angels and that is in hebrews 2 verse 7 we got a hyperlink there a cross reference that goes right there uh, as you get into the new testament and you read that verse you might go hey i've read that before in the psalms in that psalm 8 uh, verse 5 and here's the distinction in the greek you have made them him it says him in the greek a little lower than 
actually, I think it says them. You've made them a little lower than the angelos. The Greek word is translated angels, okay? Here in Hebrew, you have made him a little lower than the Elohim, is the Hebrew word. <clears throat> and that is heavenly beings. That is, uh, uh, it's the word that's used for gods. Um, but uh, the Greek translation has rightly taking it taken that word and made it less than obviously almighty god the most high god a very distinct term that only uh, jehovah only yeshua gets the most high god <clears throat> and so but it's elohim here and this is just what we've talked about this term elohim is all over the old testament and uh People attribute the characteristics of the Creator God to it, and though He is called Elohim, He is the Most High Elohim. Okay, there are other Elohim's that are more angelic beings, more they're lower in statue, stature, stature within the heavenly realms, but still highest above other heavenly realms. And uh, there's a ranking system that goes on that you got to kind of work your way through and figure things out. Some terms for angels, divine beings, heavenly hosts, uh, stars of heaven, there's lots of them. And uh, we got cherubim, we got seraphim, we got uh, all kinds of different terms. Some of them are rankings, some of them are job functions, some of them are names. And so. We have to make the distinction and find those things out. Takes a little digging, and you're not wrong by saying angels. You're just being very generic. And uh, sometimes we need to get more specific, and it helps us with better context in those times. Not always necessary, and I'm not saying we're doing it all wrong. What I'm saying is as you mature in your Bible reading, you dig a little deeper. You get into it a little more and you find out a little a little more and you add to your knowledge you add to your wisdom you add to your impact that you have as you share um so nine to the choir director according to the muth leben and it's probably another musical term which it is and uh, this is also a Psalm of David. But I'm only going to read this first part in 9 because it comes right after what we just read about uh, the Elohim. And now he's on, on kind of sandwiched between 7 and 9 <clears throat> is 8 where it talks about that Elohim. And now we have on 7 and 9, there's this reference used twice in each, each time. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exalt you. I will exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Now, why does David sandwich between seven and nine and use the term Elohim when he's talking about making man a little lower than the Elohim? Because he's making the distinction between these divine beings and the Most High, the Creator God. He, David understood this. He wouldn't have written it this way if he didn't understand it. The, we, we're the ones that are lacking in the understanding. We're the ones that need to 
keep going back to those ancient Hebrew eyes and 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 get connected to how they understood the Bible. There's a different application for our time and our culture and our place, but the truth is the same. It our application may be exactly the same, but more often than not, because we live in a different culture, we have a different language, we we live as a different people. Uh, there's going to be some tweaking with application, but overall, if if we never figure out the original meaning of the original writing to the original listener reader, then we're going to be pulling all kinds of wrong messages or shaded messages or tainted messages. We have to pull the original truth. Take it, how does it apply today? The same truth applies in both places, both times, both cultures. It doesn't, it's not, it is still relevant because it's truth. Okay, 10, last chapter. What am I doing for time? I'm a little long, but that's okay. Uh, why do you hide yourself? Uh, starting at 2. Uh, I'll just I'll just add one. Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in time of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul. And the one greedy for the gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of of his face the wicked does not seek him all his thoughts are there is no god seven his mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression eight he sits in ambush in the village he hides places he murders the innocent his eyes stealthily watch the helpless he lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket he lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. The helpless are crushed, sink down, and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. This is, this is what evil do. They prey on the poor and the innocent. I see this in all kinds of things. I see it in, in churches sometimes. I see it in people who are false shepherds. I see it in government. They tell people that they want to help them when in actuality they're, they're binding them. They're, they're putting them in bondage through uh, always being needy. It's, they lurk. They're evil. And all they do is conceive of hurting the poor for their own power for their own gain. Like I said, this isn't just people in power. This isn't just uh, government and the wealthy. This can, this oftentimes these, these people are wealthy because they're evil and all they care about is money and power. But rather than help actually helping the poor, they use the poor for their own gain. And this is what God looks upon and he despises it. He despises it. We're supposed to be helpful. We're supposed to be kind. We're supposed to point them to God's principles. We're supposed to 
give them an opportunity to, to better themselves through God's truth, through God's principles, so that they can change how they do life and God will bless them and honor them. Okay, we're there. We've arrived. Let's uh, kick it in. We're so glad you joined us. This has been Old Testament Thursday, episode 111, 111, on January 25th. We're glad you're here for Old Testament Thursday. See you tomorrow for New Testament Friday. Let's play the music. <laughs>